Hi, and welcome to our podcast, There's Been a Murder by Ashley and Gareth. This is where we discuss true crimes that have happened in both our home countries, mine being Scotland and Gareth's being Ireland. As a reminder, this podcast does have depictions of violence that some listeners may find disturbing, so listener discretion is advised. So Ashley, tell me who we're talking about today. We are going to be looking at the Karen Buckley murder. I'm not sure if you've heard about it or if her name rings a bell at all. Not at all. It's quite a fairly recent murder. It happened in 2015. When did you move to Glasgow? It was 2018, the year of the Beast from the East. Ah, oh yes, I remember that. Lovely two days off work. Well, we'll, we'll set the scene, shall we? So it's Saturday the 11th of April 2015. And like most cities in the UK, Glasgow was jumping its usual self. The pubs, the bars and the clubs were packed with many people determined to enjoy their weekend. Mm-hmm. Amongst these people was Karen Buckley. Karen was a nurse and she was originally from North Cork. She had not long moved to Glasgow to study a master's in occupational therapy. Karen was only 24 when she moved to Glasgow But a big move like this was not unusual for Karen, who'd previously travelled around America and Asia. Okay, so like she's well, well travelled. Yeah. Well versed. Yes, exactly. Yep. And I suppose being a nurse, she can move anywhere. Like it's a very versatile job in all countries, Mm -hmm. isn't it? North Cork, is that anywhere near? Oh no, that's, that's right at the bottom. Oh, okay. What's the accent like in comparison? Is it quite thick? Is it uh, well? I mean, a nice like, accent. What, what? I mean, you know, um, to some people, yeah. To some people, wouldn't be. I mean, like for as small an island as Ireland, Ireland is in comparison to other countries. Mm-hmm. We do have a very wide range of of, of accents. Even in Northern Ireland, has about four or five different accents. So are you staying impartial whether it's a good or bad accent, the oh, North why? Cork? Why? The North Cork, I'm saying. Cork, <laughs> sorry. I'm not getting <laughs> into it. Karen had obtained her degree in nursing at Limerick University and worked at the Princess Alexandra Hospital in Essex after graduating for a year before she moved to Glasgow. So she is quite well-travelled. She's mm-hmm. quite happy to move different countries be away from family but like mm-hmm. yourself yeah yeah you do find that like it people from ireland are like on one side or the other they'll either happily move away uh-huh. or they'll never leave their family i feel like that's the whole world gareth <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I, I feel like you're a home bird or you're not <laughs> i but like i feel like it it, it, it it's just much more pronounced in, in maybe ireland. it's because you are a smaller country you yeah. it maybe feels like it feels mm-hmm. more like that. But no, yeah. I think that's a worldwide thing. Okay. Well, You're not special. I'm, <laughs> I'm not well-versed in <laughs> So Karen's master was set to take her two years to complete. And while she was studying, she took up residence in Garnet Hill with some of her occupational therapy peers who were also from Ireland. So that's quite nice. Mm-hmm. She's Even though she's not at home, she'll still have that connection to home, won't oh, yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. Being with people also from Ireland. There's a lot of... Irish in, in Glasgow, I find. Mm-hmm. And Garnet Hill is quite a nice area. Mm-hmm, it is. 
there's a good brunch spot in Garnet Oh, yes, Hill. there is. <laughs> <laughs> when I actually was writing this and it, it mentioned Garnet Hill, I was like, is that single end? And that's the only, that's the only thing oh, like, yeah, I yeah, think yes, about yeah. when it, yeah. Yeah, so it's on, on, on the border of like the West End, so it would be. Yeah, but it's a nice area. It's oh, yeah, kind of yeah, like yes, tenement lovely. style, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's where the, the tenement house is as well. We oh, to. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Karen was one of four to her parents, John and Marine. However, she was the only girl. She grew up in a family farm and it was safe to say she came from a close-knit family. Karen wasn't the only one with the travel bug in her family as her brothers Damien and Kieran had both emigrated to Australia. And as your your comment earlier about you're either homebird or you're mm-hmm. not, obviously herself and her two brothers Yeah, just aren't. Aren't. <laughs> but she's another brother who lives on the farm and helps run it. So There's always one. There's always <laughs> is one. there always one, is there? <laughs> It's clear to see that Karen had a strong, supportive family to lean on and a solid group of friends. That's good. Mm-hmm. Nice to have like a family where she can go visit and then mm-hmm. come back and she's got that close-knit group mm-hmm. of friends. Makes it easier. Yep. On the 11th of April 2015, Karen and three of her Irish flatmates decided to paint the town red and set out for a good night. They ended up in a nightclub called The Sanctuary on Dumbarton Road in Glasgow's West End. Have you heard of it? Yeah, no, I've I've heard of it. I've not oh, okay. been. Um, okay. Is it still about today or? I don't think it is now. Oh, okay. Not after this, but um, it possibly could be. Like I'm too old to know, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I'd heard of it before this. It oh, just okay. wasn't somewhere that I'd been. The group arrived at around eleven twenty-five p.m., and like the majority of folk out that night, there was a good chance they'd pre drinks elsewhere. According to Karen's flatmate, she drank, but she wasn't drunk. As the pals were having a good time, Karen popped to toilets at around 1am. However, she never returned back to her group of friends. Naturally, the friends were worried, but there was a number of reasons why she may have not returned. The flatmates headed home to see if Karen was already there. However, there was still no sign of her by Sunday morning. And the flatmates decided to call the police and report their concerns as this was out of the ordinary for Karen. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like on a night out, like if you're in a nightclub, you end up, you do lose your pals at times. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... It's hard when it's packed and if you want to mm-hmm. use goes, that's why I was like the buddy system for toilets. Like if you've got a pal there, if you lose mm-hmm. the rest of the group, you're fine. But as well, like, uh, I mean, like as you're well accustomed to... Um, at this point, the Irish goodbye is, is well and truly a thing. So I didn't it? know about an Irish goodbye until I met you, and I hate an Irish goodbye because <laughs> no, it worries the life out of me. No, like, no, like for absolute clarity, like I never leave if Ash and I are right, I never leave Ashley. You might need to explain what an Irish goodbye is to our listeners. Okay, yeah. So, like for for anyone who who doesn't know, an Irish goodbye is just where you're you're out with friends or something. And you just decide to leave. And you don't go around everyone saying, oh, I'm away, I'm away. You just go. And you go home because you're just done. You're just like, right, I've done. You've had a nice night. Aye, yeah. Calling I've, it a night. I've enjoyed myself. Yeah. I just want to go home and go to bed. Which I think guys can get away with a wee bit better. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yes. girls, you know, we're like, we have to hug everyone, goodbye. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We end up going back around a circle again and hugging them well, again. Well, yeah, we like, end up chatting and trying to arrange plans for the following week. Whereas with an Irish goodbye, you you get to skip all that. You just go. 
That's great. But it would, yeah, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not a nice feeling if you're not sure where somebody's going. Well, yeah, yeah. You know? But then again, when you're drunk, yeah, you're yeah. not always paying attention. But yeah, perhaps a clarity. I'd never leave Ashley. But if I'm out with, with with pals, then like, yeah, I could just be like, right, I'm going. An Irish goodbye is expected. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I routinely wake up to the text of being like, did you just leave last night? <laughs> and it's <was> like, yep. <laughs> So yeah, this is why Irish goodbye should be banned. <laughs> An investigation began and John and Moraine, Karen's parents, flew over from Cork to Glasgow to help search for their daughter on the Monday morning. As Karen's last known whereabouts was in the sanctuary, the police visited the nightclub to see if there was any clues of Karen's whereabouts. The staff at the nightclub participated in the investigation and released the club's CCTV to the police. On the CCTV, Karen can be seen at 1am leaving the club and walking across the street with a young, stocky man. Okay. So obviously from the CCTV, there's a, mo- a, a thousand possibilities of... Oh, I... Did she know the guy? Did she not? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's what's going on kind of thing. Oh, right. So yeah, there's yeah. it's it, so far it doesn't seem suspicious, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing was, rightly so, her friends phoned the police to be like, our friend's missing, yeah. she's not came home, 100% good pals doing that oh I. but from looking at the cctv it could just be an indication that she met this guy and decided to go home with them mm-hmm. and she's still at their house or something mm-hmm. you know there's so maybe for police the alarm bells maybe weren't sounding mm-hmm. too bad at the yeah. moment you know but they're friends yes because this yeah. was out of character you, you, totally. you know, like, Plus, and there's no like morning text of no morning like, text no shared location I, and yeah, you would be a wee bit annoyed at your pal if they did that because it is worrisome. Like you don't know what. I think like f- girls would be m- more m- more annoyed if a guy done it and he and he rock rocked up back to his yeah his flat uh, 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 and all like that. You know, like there would be yeah you know, like be, be be like cheers and camaraderie. I know, I know, but you know, <laughs> as for girls, definitely there's like I, I do it anyway. Like there's a safety element. Like I'll even when I'm coming home from somewhere send you my location oh, yeah, just because yeah, you yes. don't know like oh, in a yeah. taxi mm-hmm. or whatever it's just a safety mm-hmm. and I mean obviously when we first started dating I would send my friends oh, of course. also <laughs> my location when I would be at yours especially like at the very start because oh, yeah. you don't know the situation no. but then again this was 2015 so mm-hmm. we're almost a decade we're you know in two more two more oh, years it'll be a decade which is crazy I, I can't remember if like sharing your location was that a normal thing? I mean, a text, 100%. I, that's I like, not changed. I mean, I get it. We use WhatsApp. Yeah. Sorry. And then, like, now on iPhones, you can just, like, choose people to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe she didn't share location. But mm-hmm. the, the lack of text, I would be like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's a bit shitty. But it is what it is. Can we tell the funny story about when you were mine? And at two in the morning, your pals thought... So you're kind of just telling the story, aren't you? (laughs) I love how that was kind of a question. Obviously rhetorical. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we could cut this out or or leave it in. But, yeah, like, at two in the morning, wasn't it? Your your pal just woke up and and checked to see where you were. And apparently we were... Oh, I was, not you. (laughs) You were in Sports Direct. No, I was. I was in Decathlon at Brayhead, apparently. Yes, yeah, that's what I meant. But that wasn't wasn't WhatsApp and that wasn't um, the iPhone, like, find your friend. It was, like, an app I downloaded. 
because the <laughs> what, the reason I downloaded that app was it also told like whoever I gave permission to have my location, it also told them my percentage of my phone battery. Because oh, okay. you know that way, like that's another oh, reason oh, yes. Karen might have not Oh, yeah. Got yes. to our pals. Our phone could have died. Oh, aye, aye. We all know the life of an iPhone do, do you know what I <laughs> mean? Like, aye. So, yeah, that was that was why. I thought that's a really good idea, but mm-hmm. the, the app was obviously <laughs> not, not that great. <laughs> <laughs> so, the nightclub staff didn't recognise the young stocky man. However, they recalled that the young man was with a group who'd booked a booth in the club that Saturday night. The staff remembered the guy who booked the booth for the group and they were able to pass on his contact details to the police. Once contacting this man, the police were able to show him CCTV of Karen Buckley exiting the club. And this led to the young stocky man being identified as Alexander Pacto. Hard name to say. <laughs> Alexander Pacto was a 21 year old man who lives in Kelvindale in Glasgow's West End. Oh, I know it. You do know it. Although described as an awkward and clumsy boy, Alexander kept a large social group of pals. He grew up in Bears Den, an affluent part of Glasgow, where he enjoyed playing golf with friends. Pacto's parents were well off and sent him to Kelvinside Academy as a team, a private school in Glasgow. Once out of education, Pacto followed in his father's footsteps and started up an online furniture business and a courier company. Mm. So well off family. Yeah. He's then got that business initiative drive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Young as well. Like he's ambitious and young. Mm-hmm. The world's his oyster. Yep. So where did it all go wrong for this well-off, well-liked young boy? In 2011, Pacto was accused of attempting to rape a young woman when he was 17. It is claimed that he pinned the woman down in a lane in Glasgow and brutally sexually assaulted her. When the case went to trial in 2013, Paisley Sheriff Court, the jury found Pacto not guilty. Of course. Mm-hmm. You know. It seems to be a theme that, like, in their in their first crimes, you know, they're, they're always, never guilty. Yeah, and it's so, it's frustrating because you think, well, if he had, you know, been found mm-hmm. guilty, is there a chance of... He might have still been inside or, mm-hmm. you know, or would life have been different yeah. and Karen Buckley, you know, this wouldn't have happened. The we, butterfly effect. Yes, or the sliding doors effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sliding doors. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things, but you mm-hmm. don't know. And also, if he wasn't found guilty, you know, what was the reason? Was there, was there no no evidence or whatever? So, yeah. and the, you know, so it's hard because in our heads, because we'll find out what happens, you go, well, of obviously he was, he was guilty. yeah. But yeah. there must have been a reason. Yeah, yeah, like that's just said, evidence yeah. or was it a, a procedural thing that, that was done wrong? Yeah, who knows, who knows. Shortly after the attempted rape, Pacto was in a horrific car crash that left him in an induced coma for almost a month and was left with a shattered ribs and a broken hip. The crash left Pacto unable to walk for six months and had crutches for a following year. Wow. Yeah, so it's quite a... Quite a crash. Mm-hmm. Quite damaging. Especially the muscle wastage and everything from being in a coma for that length of time. Like mm-hmm. having to do the whole rehab after it. And you don't know what's... Has that affected his neurological mm-hmm. systems? Maybe, yeah. like uh, Trauma to the brain mm-hmm. in an accident like mm-hmm. that. You I, don't know how that will affect your... Yeah. 
and I've read for like for, for, for like comas there's a thing of like coma in real life in comparison to like TV or movies uh-huh. and there's people given their experience of, of like you know like even if you're in a coma for like two weeks like yeah. like you wake up and you almost have to learn everything again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's quite scary actually mm-hmm. isn't it Lacto's parents then decided to separate and as he was preparing to go to trial for the rape allegation, Pacto's business was failing, resulting on him having to sign on. Oh, so uh, that's probably a, a big blow to him. Yeah, I feel like two thousand prior to 2011... He's on the up. He's on the up. He comes from a well-off family. Mm-hmm. He's doing well business-wise. He went to a good school. He's got lots of pals, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden... 2011 comes now if he did attempt to rape this woman then that's his Uh, actions i don't know too much about the crash in terms was it his fault or not Mm -hmm. but it's a string of events that either separately are quite traumatic Mm -hmm. but then put them together it's quite a lot to yeah yeah. cope with it would take a toll on on anyone of course definitely Mm in 2014 the police caught pacto printing fake banknotes during the trial for this crime, Pacto's defence lawyer used his injuries that he had sustained in the car crash in mitigation, and as a result, Pacto was let off with community service. So there's one crime where we're not entirely sure whether he, he committed it or not. Yeah, this which one, is a violent, yeah. brutal crime. Mm-hmm. This one we are, but it's more... It's white collar. Yeah. So it's, you know, like... There's obviously still victims, you know, like, there's, yeah. there's always victims and all that, but, like, it's much less, like... But there's no, like, physical violence. Yes. You know, yeah. like you say, there's always victims, mm-hmm. but people haven't been physically hurt, assaulted, anything mm-hmm. like that during this one. So the crimes are quite significantly different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about the fact that, knowing what's going to happen, I don't know how I feel about the defence lawyer using the brain injuries or the injuries in general and mitigation mm-hmm. to get them off. It's great for a lawyer to obviously, like, oh, yeah, yeah. when they know that some one of the clients has something like that, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. But... But, as I said, like, we... Well, you know what, what happens. You know, like, at the time, like, the, the lawyer's just doing his job. Yep, exactly. To disguise his crimes, he left a note on his neighbour's door explaining that there was a cockroach infestation and that the landlord was not prepared to sort it. So he was moving out of his flat in Drumchapel. So he's just trying to like run? Basically. Yeah, I think he's trying to cover his back, save his image nice. a bit from, yeah. you know, doing crime mm-hmm. to, oh, it's just that the flat's not in a good condition type oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah he, save face. He doesn't want to be seen doing community service no no definitely not perhaps as a way to take control of his life again after all these series of events that occurred in the past three years Pacto joined the David Lloyd West End gym and hired a personal trainer and within six months he had lost four stone so he signed on yeah but he can't afford a a, a (laughs) David Lloyd gym membership and a personal trainer I don't know, maybe mum and dad. Aye, there must have been. So, where you get that much? I have no idea what benefit system's like, but like, you're probably getting what is it, PIP? Because oh, yeah, it's a disability type thing after these injuries. I'm assuming 
Aye, but like... But I don't think it would cover the David Lloyd. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if people are getting, are, are, are getting that, no one would work. No, exactly. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe maybe yeah. as a way, because obviously exercising helps mm-hmm. you physically, mentally, cognitively. Mm-hmm. Maybe his parents were quite happy to, one of them was I like quite it. happy I, to pay yeah, for like, it. That's how he, he spun it to, to yeah. the robot, yeah. Who knows? On the 11th of April 2015, 11th of April 2015, Pacto went out for dinner with his family hours before he was going out to the sanctuary with friends where he would meet Karen. Okay. So this is the night. Yes, yeah, we're, we're catching up now. Yes. So as we know, the last sighting of Karen Buckley was around 1.45am in the sanctuary nightclub. CCTV shows Karen leaving with a young man who is later identified as Alexander Pacto. Pacto. Sorry, it's it's a hard surname. <laughs> if I don't say it, like it was just as well that like you you find out how to say it because you've had to say it a lot. I know. It's... Trust me. <laughs> I feel like we should drink every time I have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> On Monday, the thirteenth of April, two thousand and fifteen, two days after Karen's disappearance, the police called down to Pacto's flat. He was living in Kelvindale, only a couple miles away from the sanctuary. When the police called round in the afternoon, Pacto wasn't home. However, they later returned at around 6pm to find him there. Pacto claimed that he was just about to head to the police station regarding the matter of Karen. What a coincidence. Mm-hmm. At this stage, police were treating Karen Buckley's disappearance as a missing persons investigation. However, there was already evidence to suggest that Miss Buckley may have been a victim of foul play. Okay. But obviously they're going to keep any information that they have close to their chest until they have any, Mm -hmm. you know, proper concrete evidence. And I assume you're going to keep this information close to your chest until it's a better time to, to tell me. Yeah, until I need you. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was going to ask, what is this information? <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> Later on the Monday night, Pat Toe made a witness statement at Helen Street Police Station. He claimed that he met Karen outside of the nightclub and that she went back to his flat for consensual sex and then left to walk home at 4am, which would roughly be an hour's walk. So I'm not buying mm-hmm. it. Kelvin Dale to Garnet Hill. Aye. Completely I, opposite sides. I, you have I, to walk the full length of Great uh, Western Road. Yeah, so I the reason it, that it says after a roughly about an hour was because I could go mapped it just roughly just to be oh, like because yeah, I, 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 I was like who you know, I know Glasgow obviously but see if you said to me like oh how far is so and so I have no idea so I, yeah I checked and it said about fifty seven minutes. I I've done that walk before. Now she was on a night out. Mm-hmm. Chances are she was in heels. Aye. And it's it's April, so it's still not like it won't be. It won't be super late at four a.m. Yeah, I'm like she's been drinking. How many girls or how many people in general are likely to walk home yeah, at that time? Get a taxi. Probably, yeah, you could probably get a taxi at that point. But but yeah, like you would have to walk the full length of, of the botanics. Yeah. Down Great to the bottom of Great uh, Western Road. It's a long walk. Oh, wait, I'm just not buying it. Aye. The following day, Karen's family made an emotional appeal at the police headquarters in Govan. At this stage, Karen had been missing for more than 60 hours and had yet to respond to any texts or phone calls. During the public appeal, Karen's parents said, She's our only daughter and we love her dearly. We just want Karen home safely. 
We are desperate and if anyone has any information, please come forward. The missing Buckley's body was discovered on the evening of Wednesday the 15th of April and the following day, Pacto was arrested. The tragic news of Karen Buckley's body being found shook those in Karen's hometown in Cork and those in Glasgow. A vigil was held for Miss Buckley in Glasgow, organised by the people of the city. Hundreds attended the vigil that was held in George Square. Karen's parents attended it. There was a hope that the vigil would represent that the people of Glasgow cared for Karen and her parents and they wouldn't stand for what happened to her. I have to say, like, being in Glasgow, you absolutely know that, that like, it is like, the city will back you. Yeah. I was in town, probably, a, a, I don't know if it was a few days or a week later, mm -hmm. whenever I guess it though, and flowers that were... Mm -hmm. No, they hadn't. They weren't in George Square at that point. They'd moved them to, you know, how where the art gallery is. Aye. They'd moved them there on the steps, mm -hmm. and they were packed. Aye. And I, yeah, I, I, but I do remember there was definitely a, there was an atmosphere in Glasgow, if that makes sense. Like people were outraged, but also they were really hurting for the fact that this had happened, mm -hmm. in their city. And I remember that there was a kind of, not a shame. But it was almost like this girl is from Ireland. She's travelled around Asia and America. Mm -hmm. She was living in Essex. She comes up to Glasgow and this happens to yeah. her. And it was, it was almost part of like a shame, like of like, oh my goodness, how could this happen in our city, you know? Well, like definitely fine for like being in Glasgow. Like, uh, there's very f few areas, that's like the places I would say a a anywhere else in the world that has nicer people. Yeah, like so everyone's, it, mm -hmm. every, yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing I love is that, everyone is uh, like would help you in a mm -hmm. minute do you know that way mm -hmm. and i do think it's funny how we we deal with things like i always think back to the glasgow airport like attempted terrorist it worked though oh, didn't yeah it? it's like but that is such a glasgow reaction yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic yeah so you can imagine the spirit that was going around mm -hmm. when this happened. There was a lot yes. of sadness at the time. Mm -hmm. It was. It was horrible. Of course. Buckley's funeral was held 12 days later. The service was held in the Buckley's local small country church of St Michael, the Archangel and Annalimpha. Outside the church, her classmates from the University of Limerick, each holding a red rose, formed a guard of honour as John Buckley and his three sons shouldered Karen's coffin to the hearse that brought her to Burnfort Cemetery. She was buried with her grandparents. So what happened that fateful night? During the investigation, police determined that from leaving the sanctuary and entering Pacto's car, Karen Buckley was beaten to death with a 12-inch spanner in the space of 12 minutes. Karen was only five foot four, a foot smaller than Pacto. It is said that she fought bravely as there were injuries to Karen's arms and hands indicating she tried to defend herself against her attacker. Hard one to determine if, was this a moment of madness or was this pre-planned? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, uh, like, apart from the, like, printing the banknotes, nothing he's previously done seems pre-planned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After the brutal attack, Pacto dumped Karen's handbag in the nearby Dosholm Park before driving Karen's lifeless body back to his flat on Dor Dorchester Avenue. Police traipsed through 1900 hours of CCTV footage in order to build up a case against Pacto. 
the CCTV captured Pacto driving to various supermarkets and DIY stores in the west end of Glasgow on Sunday morning to buy supplies such as caustic soda. Also, he was wanting to like learn. I think so. Why? What else that's, do you buy? That's horrendous. Yeah. Whilst Pacto's flatmate was out of the flat that Sunday, Pacto submerged Karen's body in caustic soda in his bath whilst he tried to clean the flat to eliminate any traces of Karen. I just wanna just around the time like Breaking Bad was was on TV. So I haven't included this in our podcast, like in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there was um a friend or a flatmate of uh, Pacto has I've seen in an interview has said that he was quite obsessed with Breaking Bad. Ah, uh, because so, like in the bath with the acids like yeah, that. Yeah, just... because is there not a scene? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously there's no there's no evidence if he did, you know, use that as inspiration or not. Yeah. But apparently he, he was very much into the show, so perhaps. Mm. As Pacto's flatmate was due to return home soon, he had to remove Karen's lifeless body from the bath where he wrapped her in a duvet and kept her in his room overnight. But also, like, and I'm so sorry this sounds quite grim, but if he'd put her in a bath of I, the caustic soda, it would have done something to yeah. her. And then you've removed her. It's just vile. Like, it's mm-hmm. vile. And I don't even, I don't even understand, like, <laughs> see, even if you were, I don't know, intoxicated on drugs or drink mm-hmm. or whatever, and you killed somebody, surely once you sober up in the morning and you see a lifeless body, that's absolutely horrific yeah. but then to like move or do mm-hmm. all these it's just i can't i can't get it right, I, I can't like before you'd said this i as like, i didn't think he'd got to the point of like doing that to her mm-hmm. and i was thinking going oh i'm really glad that's the police found her body like soon after yes she was murdered so then like you know like her, her family w- was was able to, to to bury her you know yes whole yes essentially but oh, oh. yeah i know pacto also discarded of the murder weapon into the fourth and clyde canal it's also said that pacto stopped by a supermarket and asked the advice of staff on how to remove blood from a mattress Despite spending hours trying to clean the blood-soaked mattress, Pacto admitted defeat and burned the mattress and anything else that Karen may have came into contact with. Pacto went on to buy a 220-litre blue plastic barrel, which he filled with caustic soda before placing Karen's body in it. This is Breaking Bad, like, all over it. So, I watched Breaking Bad but years and years and years ago, so I don't actually remember this. So, when I seen the interview that mentioned Breaking Bad, yeah. I was like, mm, I kind of get it. Like, I could imagine it happening. But, yeah, yeah, I wasn't, like, getting, like, the same vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah, because the, the scene is is that I, Walter and Jesse murder someone. I can't remember who. Uh-huh. But Walter tells Jesse to put him into, like, a, an oil drum and then, right. like, with this very concentrated acid to melt him down oh okay jesse like can't even get him like he he leaves jesse to do it jesse can't even get him into the drum so he's like fuck it i'll put him in the bath Mm. and then like you like he flushes it down the bath once it's been to work and then like walter's like you absolute idiot it's going to go through the pipes and then it, it, it just comes through the ceiling. Well, that's what I was thinking. with Because if caustic soda can do that to, you know, can dissolve like skin and muscle and, and yeah. all that. 
surely your bath like must yeah and then and then i thought well if the bath tub doesn't become dissolved if you if you drain that well yeah I'm, I'm, I mean, like, I'm I, not, I mean, yeah, we're not, not scientists. Chemist, so. Who knows? But yeah, <clears throat> it's a bit mental. On Monday afternoon, after Karen's family had travelled to Glasgow to help search for their missing daughter, Pat travelled to High Craigton Farm, located near Mulgavy. Mulgavy. Pacto had a deal with the farmer where he rented out an outhouse for £10 a week to store fireworks in. Pacto placed the barrel in the outhouse and tried to disguise it by placing a cotton sheet, paper shredder and a bicycle wheel on the top of it. Okay. So it's almost like he just wanted to keep it in there. I like, you know, it doesn't it, look yeah, suspicious. Yeah, it's just in the back. Yes. He then took his Ford Focus to be balloted. Whilst waiting for the car to be cleaned, Pacto used his phone to place an ad to sell his car. So he's really trying to cover his... I just getting out. rid of everything. Yes. Which is also... Suspicious. Very suspicious. Like yeah, that's yeah. the thing he's trying to trying to make himself like not look uh, affiliated to this, but yeah. actually he's <laughs> causing himself to Aye. look more suspicious. As Pacto arrived home that Monday evening, he received a visit from the police. The police officers who went to Pacto's flat said that they were hit with an instant and overwhelming smell of bleach. So that was remember when he opened the, the door and said, "Oh, I was just coming to see mm-hmm. you," and he hadn't been in earlier. So obviously, when the police originally came to visit, he was at the farm. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. He's just gotten home. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, the fifteenth of April, police arrested Pacto in a Starbucks in Nelson Mandela's place. He was take he was then taken to the Helen Police Station. On that Wednesday afternoon, shortly after Pacto was arrested, the police received information from a member of the public with information on High Craigton Farm. The officer mentioned that he had worked with Pacto on selling fireworks and he'd mentioned how they would store the fireworks at the farm. Okay. And I wonder if they'd never received that tip. Uh, how I mean, quickly like, would they have... Maybe they would have found it uh, depending if there was any sort of paperwork linking mm-hmm. him, him to the farm or whether... But it, if it was a tenner a week there, uh, I hardly... Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Ultimately led the police to Karen's body at the farm. During the investigation, police found tiny blood spots of Karen's blood in his car, bedroom and bathroom. And Pacto's fingerprint was found in the inside of the barrel that he'd used to store Karen's lifeless body. In August 2011, Pacto appeared in the High Court in Glasgow where he pled guilty to murdering Karen. Family sat in the court to see their daughter's killer be sentenced and to get justice for Karen. Defence QC John Scullion couldn't offer an explanation as to why his client had killed a complete stranger. Apparently, Pacto was extremely intoxicated and could recall very little about why he had killed Karen. Just sounds like an excuse to me. It's like, is, is that even worse? I know. Like, there, there wasn't it seems any... so like pathetic excuse. Yeah, be like, sorry, I can't remember. Mm hmm. When the day of sentencing came three weeks after the trial had started, the sentencing was actually recorded and aired on the television. Oh. Yeah, I never knew that. Like, on the news? Yeah, it must have been, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pacto was sentenced to 23 years before he could be considered for parole. Lady Ray, the judge in the trial, said that the minimum would have been 25 years. However, due to pleading guilty, two years were deducted. Pacto will only be released at the end of his sentence if the parole board decides he is no longer a risk to the public. 
at the earliest Pacto will be released in 2038 and he will be in his mid-40s. I just want to touch on the previous, you know, accusation of rape. Mm -hmm. So the previous rape that he was accused of actually happened one mile away from where Karen Buckley disappeared. Oh, so like that was almost like a hunting ground for him? I wonder. Or it, it, it could have become a hunting ground for him. Yep. He actually won the case as he claimed he was gay. So remember I said, like, could be a lack of evidence or uh, something. He claimed he was gay. So? So, so, <laughs> like, so how could he... That that was his defence. I'm gay. How can I possibly rape a woman? That And, and, that, and he got off. That... Oh, no. That, that is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> During the trial, he said... This packed his words. I would never make an attempt to sexually assault this woman. He said, I believe rape is the lowest of the low. I'd rather be charged with murder than attempted rape. Well, he got his wish. He did. He did. <laughs> but that's quite chilling that he Aye. said that. And then went on to... Went on to murder a woman. But like... I mean, like, I don't know of any cases, like, exactly, but surely there's been cases of, like, straight men who raped other men. And, like... Or, but, yeah, yeah, like... It shouldn't... It shouldn't be an, a reason to, to let somebody off. But yeah, that was apparently he... That I was question, his defence. He I, was gay. I question that judge. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a jury though as well, remember? Ah, well, yeah. And there, there could have been other factors to it, but the gay one was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. Quite a sad... Quite a sad story. Yeah. And the lack of reasoning, that, that will always haunt Karen Buckley's friends and family. Like, they don't have a reason as to mm-hmm. why. Yeah, as I said, like, it's like it's almost worse because if there is a reason, you could at least, you know, like, you can follow. Try to. You, you can follow it. Yes. It is, but if it's just like a, mm-hmm. on a whim. I know. God. I know. Well, that was another brutal one. Thanks very much Sorry, for that. I feel like I get you all the brutal ones. You're a bit tamer than me. <laughs> oh, well, you know, like my, some of my ones that I, I have coming up aren't. Aren't the tamest. <laughs> well, I look forward to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you to our listeners for joining us on this episode. Thanks very much, guys. We will see you next week with Gareth hosting the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I think I've got a juicy one. Amazing. Take care 